Why buy tires now? That's easy, because you'll save big right now at Big O Tires. Save $100 on a set of Big O brand tires with paid installation, but only for a limited time. And when you purchase using your Big O credit card, save an additional $50 for a total savings of $150. We told you this was big. Only at Big O Tires, the team you trust. Hurry. Offer ends August 25th. For your nearest participating location, go to BigOtires.com. Sportsbeat KC, the sports podcast of the Kansas City Star, is live today, Tuesday, August 20th. That is, we're Facebook Live and on location. Chiefs beat writer Brooke Pryor, columnist Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian, and me, Blair Kirkhoff, gathered at Big O Tires at 8400 Neiman Road in Lenexa to talk all things Chiefs and even report on the Chiefs' latest edition about halfway through the show. Thanks to producers Kathy Liu and Leah Becerra for putting this episode together, and thanks to our sponsor, Big O Tires, for being a great host. Links to Chiefs coverage can be found in the show notes on KansasCity.com, Facebook.com slash RedZoneExtra, and the Red Zone Extra app. We appreciate you listening, and we'll be back Wednesday with another edition of Sportsbeat KC to talk sports in Kansas City. Hey, everybody. We are live-ish from Big O Tires in Lenexa this morning. I'm Kansas City Star Chiefs beat writer Brooke Pryor. I know, I know we were just with you guys not too many days ago from Pittsburgh, but now we're back in Kansas City. We're going to wrap up uh, what little we can still say about that game because that was brutal and really I think be better off for everyone if we forgot it. Uh, we'll look forward to the next preseason game against the 49ers on Saturday. But first, some introductions. Got Blair Kirkhoff to my left, uh, Vahe Gregorian to my right, and also to my right we have Sam Mellinger. Um, this is on, when you're watching this, Got it'll be on Facebook Live, but we will not actually be live. Um, we're recording this this morning. Um, so when you ask your questions, we won't be able to address them on the broadcast, but we will answer them, whether it's in the comments later, or we'll get to them Saturday after that game, when I'm sure you'll have any even more questions. So get excited for that. Guys, the first thing let's talk about, Marcus Kemp's injury was made official this morning, I believe, when he was put on IR. We found out yesterday it was an ACL and an MCL tear. Where does that leave the wide receiver position, and does it affect the wide receiver position more, or does it affect what his role was on special teams more? It's a bummer. Like that, that, the first reaction is just, ugh, that sucks. Like I mean, he, he was progressing, and I think he was in position this season to have the season that has been possible the last two years, if that makes any sense. I think he was going to make the 53. Uh, I think that was, if not a certainty, um, close to it. He's a terrific special teams player. I don't think it hurts them. You know, the wide receiver is still a position of strength for them. But one, one change that it does make, I think, is that when we talk about a potential trade, and with Brett Veach as the GM, you always need to be talking about potential trades, that was a position group where maybe it made sense to deal, maybe it's Marcus Kemp or Demarcus Robinson, somebody from that group, and now that makes less sense. You're, you're, you're not as deep as you were. You don't have, you know, sort of the reservoir to do that. I, I, that's the biggest change to me. You know what? You mentioned it's a bummer. That reminded me. Marcus Kemp posted, it was either on Instagram or Twitter, maybe both, yesterday, and it was a picture of him going up to catch a ball, and the caption was, what goes up? Yeah. And uh, man, if that uh, doesn't just make you feel awful. Yeah. I mean, he was having the best camp, I think, of any down-the-depth chart receiver mm-hmm. when you look at you know Byron Pringle, Garrett Dieter, who we haven't totally. seen, who will probably join him on IR. 
I mean, that just stinks. Vahe, what are your thoughts? Same thought, really. I mean, it does, it, tra- Trader Brett will be affected a little by this, I think, right? You, you, you trade from positions of strength, especially when right now what they're doing is they're, they're thinking about depth. They don't have to really think about the cream of the crop. I mean, they, they, Marcus Kemp, if things stay as they were, um, would be what, the, the guy getting the fifth or sixth yeah. most, most receptions. So sort of supplemental that way. But, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll be hurt a little bit on special teams with that. Um, and I seem to remember how hard he worked at that. I mean, I, it, didn't he have three or four these, these great plays at the goal line yep. last Down season on alone? Yep. Yeah, on punts. Yep. And um, so, yeah, that's not just an automatic, but, but I also think they'll, they'll, they'll be guys to replace that. You know, it's going to be interesting because he was, I think, I mean, you can, every guy on an NFL team is hardworking, but the thing that sticks out to me about Marcus Kemp is that he was always the first guy on the field. Every single game, preseason game, doesn't matter. He's the first one on the field. And he's working on downing punts. He's catching passes. Um, and I thought that was always a really unique and endearing quality about him. And so, and that's why I think Eric Bieniemy said everyone should want to be like Marcus Kemp. Everyone, every receiver should aspire to do that. Blair, with Kemp's injury, how does that end of end of the depth chart look now with the wide receivers? Who steps up and takes one of those spots? Cody Thompson is the first name that comes to mind, the um, the undrafted free agent from Toledo who had a great great college career. I th- I think you know it was among he and Byron Pringle and, and Marcus Kemp and Gary Dieter when he was healthy. Those are the four we talked about for the final two spots and. I, I, I think Cody Thompson, who led the Chiefs in receptions on on Saturday, in a game that um, we were all sort of having forcing ourselves to pay attention to in the second half, uh, some more successful than others. Yes, he had a, he had a pretty good uh, pretty good game. So, and you're right about Marcus Camp. I know that when you or I in the press, when you and I are in the press box early, we end up telling Sam and Vahe that Marcus Camp is the first one. Are you trying to say uh, that the they're not there when we're there? On the first one on the field. So. <laughs> Parking's difficult. Uh, they're definitely Listen, in the parking lot the whole just, time. Let's just get this out there. There's a big difference between procrastinating and taking all the time you have. There you go. <laughs> you know, what? I've read that procrastinators are often the most optimistic people because they think they can do more with the time that they have. And you're an optimist, so. Delusional, I think, I think was a word. <laughs> so. right. That was not my phrase. They, uh, <laughs> so they've already, they've already addressed, they signed uh, Jalen Tolliver this morning. So uh, just a depth guy. Uh, they lose Marcus Kemp and, say, and, and signed Tolliver. So listen, we're spending a lot of time on a player in Marcus Kemp who we all agree was, is a special teams star who has one career NFL reception, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and it was last year. But they did think enough of him. He was on the 53-man for both playoff games as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he, he got better as the year progressed. And, again, he probably came farthest from point A to point B than any, any player in the, in the preseason. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of moves, you mentioned they signed Tolliver. We have an old friend alert. Guard Jeff Allen was signed today. That became official found out yesterday this is his third stint with the Chiefs and the in corresponding move they they released Abdul Beecham can't say that I noticed him at all during camp it's you know there's so many other things going on depth on the offensive line usually the last thing you check off what does it say that the Chiefs went out and re-signed Jeff Allen he's been a free agent since last season what does that mean I would just throw out I mean he's really smart um, he's he's good in the room, as they like to say. Um, I think well respected. Has known a lot of these guys. In fact, one of the stories I think you're working on is 
that it was only four guys left from the Andy Reid's first game. Well, now it's five, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't Jeff? Didn't mm-hmm. Jeff start that game? Yeah. And I do remember that he uh, he had a businessman's mind really early. He started selling candy when he was in high school uh, to uh, <laughs> various Fritz, various uh, outlets, and and uh, I'm probably kind of botching that, but it it it'll make you look it up. I hope. <laughs> Because already yeah. doing it. Uh, yeah, you know, let's, yeah, let's see how far off let's it was. Check the but, but look, it's it's, it's, it's never good, but he's not going to be he's not going to be getting a lot of time unless there's a couple injuries, right? I mean, yeah, he, he's a really good depth guy because he can play multiple positions, mm-hmm. and he's you know a character guy, and he's a know? good locker room um, guy. Yeah, yeah. So but, that's that's the profile. But I'm wondering what the what was the comment in in signing him? It wasn't like you know they they, they got rid of Beecham, who's a K Stater, by the mm-hmm. way. Um, and they didn't bring in somebody similar with an undrafted free agent. They brought right. in a guy with Chiefs experience mm-hmm. and what eight or nine years in the NFL. Uh, after the after he was he was a second round draft pick of the Chiefs in mm-hmm. 2012, and then he was with the Texans for a while. And now he's this is his second third stint mm-hmm. overall with the Chiefs, second in the last two years. So what's the comment here? What, right. What's what they must have seen something in the last. These two preseason games that they, they didn't like. Well, was it Allegretti that botched the snap in the third quarter, second quarter? What, well, the one there that was, was fumbled. Yes, but I think it was. Was it, it was a low snap? Henny's fumble, wasn't it? Henny was. Yeah, Henny was. It was a low one. snap, not a great snap, but but I I think Henny got it and then fumbled it. I mean, right. it started off. From so that would have been snap, the second quarter. But it would have been second mm-hmm. quarter. Right. Yeah. But I, I mean, does I think it does it say that either they don't think Allegretti is is advancing at the rate that they want him to? Does it say something about Ryan Hunter? Or does it say that they don't feel like Cam Irving is going to be the guy that they wanted him to be last year, that they needed to bring in another versatile guy like Jeff Allen? I wonder, this is speculation, I want to be clear about that, but Tim Grunhard made this point on Twitter the other night, I don't know if you guys saw this, that he he was saying that maybe the reason that they pulled Patrick Mahomes from the game so early is that Pittsburgh was showing a lot of blitzes that they just weren't prepared for. And, and, you know, getting into the backfield in a way that made Andy a little bit concerned. Which and is fair. I wonder, and some of that, right, is, is the, the, the Chiefs are running a, a 4-3, obviously. Pittsburgh's doing a 3-4. It's, it's a different look than what that group has seen so in far in practice. Camp, right? you, don't, you don't really <clears throat> game plan. Um, so some of that, you know, th- there's some disclaimers. But I just wonder... It makes sense to me that Tim Gardner knows a hell of a lot more about <laughs> offensive line play uh, than I do. So taking that at his word, it would make sense if if you're worried about the communication and the reads of of the blitz, you know where the blitzes are coming from, to sign a guy that's been there, that's done it, that's seen it all, that can not not only give you you know some sort of you know some sense of comfort, but maybe pass that along to the guys that are a little bit higher on the depth chart. That would make a lot of sense to me. That makes sense. Um, I also in that in Saturday's game, Cam Irving missed a block, mm-hmm. and uh, that led to a sack. So I, I wonder. I wonder if there's you know just a, some scrutiny on on Cam Irving right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, keep this in mind. Uh, when Jeff Allen was with the Chiefs last year, Irving started 13 games at uh, at left guard, and then and then he got hurt, and Allen was signed, and Allen started a couple games, and then in the in, in, the, in the final game of the season. Both were ready to go, and Allen was the guy who got the starting nod in that game over Irving. Now, Irving started the playoff games, but uh, they thought well enough of Jeff Allen then to start yeah. him over a healthy Cam Irving in, in week, week 17 against the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, with Jeff Allen coming back, is there another chief from last year's team that you think would be beneficial for, particularly if there's a free agent, I can't remember who's a free agent who's been signed by now, but if you could pick 
somebody else from last year's team to bring them back this year, who would you pick? Remember, there was a lot of that last year. Remember, they, they brought Shark Andrick West Frank back. Zombo came Frank, back. Frank, Frank Zombo, Zombo, who was at camp this year. And Parker was year. a bring back, too, wasn't he? Wasn't yeah, Ron and, 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 yeah, Ron yeah. Parker. Yeah. So they always tend to bring back guys who <laughs> they always tend to bring back guys who know the room, right? Know who them, who trust know, them. know mm-hmm. the play. Right. Yeah, trust them. They know the playbook. Yeah, Parker had been with the Falcons for just a few weeks, right? A few preseason <laughs> yeah. games, and didn't have a good. It turns out didn't have a good season, and was part of the part of the problem back there for the for the Chiefs. So yeah, that's um, w- when you're looking for for players that the Chiefs may want to resign or you know plug a gap. Look for ex-chiefs. You know, mm-hmm. look, for, look for guys who I, I have to think about. I was going to say this feels like a long way of, of delaying your answer. <laughs> That's right, right. Blair. Filibustering here. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. So, um, uh, but it's like th- you're trying to fill up a word count or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> They're not going to bring in motivational coach Eric Berry. I was just that, thinking that. Uh, Can you imagine what the response would be if they go through all of all of that emotional goodbye last year and then oh now he's back? I don't think it'll happen. I, I think you know doubt best. It. I, 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 <laughs> I'd be surprised not shocked. He is a free agent still. Yeah. You'd be surprised not shocked though. Yeah. That's 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 interesting. But, just yeah. that. But don't you don't you think there's a there's a small list of NFL teams where ex Chiefs now gravitate toward the Browns, the Colts, <laughs> and the Bears? Yeah. How about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Josh Wonder, Caldwell signed with the, with, Bears, with the Bears a couple days ago. That's right. So yeah. and I guess that we, we can include the Eagles in that too if we yeah. want with with Doug Peterson there. But All yeah. different forms of the Andy Tree. Yes, somehow, exactly. Right? Yeah. With, with yeah. Dorsey and Ballard in Cleveland, yeah. in Indianapolis, and then the two head coaches at, at Chicago and Philly. It is very much kind of an old boys network, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, after you get off the stars that can play anywhere, that middle and lower class of player, it is. Who do I know? Right. Yeah, that's right. Well, Spencer Weir got a shot, sense. and then it makes yeah. sense. So, do you guys have a have an answer for who you would want to bring back, I, or who I, could? I got come nothing back? beyond that idea about. Man, I felt really good about this question. About Eric Berry. I felt like this was well, really going to generate some conversation. To, yeah, you need to close on it. You brought the question. What do you got? <laughs> no, that's right. I'm the closer, so you guys all go, and then I end. <laughs> I thought Eric Berry was a pretty good. Yeah, pretty that's good a good answer. That was good. That was good. Sam. I'll go with Eric Berry. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Just feels like no, the no. easy way out here. No, no, uh, Eric Berry's my answer. You know, maybe I should also go with Eric Berry. I don't know. Uh, Steven Nelson. No, I'm just kidding. Maybe not, though. The corners are struggling a little bit. Uh, he started for the Steelers on, on Saturday and got, uh, along with the other Steelers, didn't start Ben Roethlisberger, but they did start everybody else yeah. uh, on both sides of the ball. And, uh, and, and Nelson, you know, we were all, there was all this, Speculation about you know what, what kind of you know how he would be received by Chiefs, right. but nothing happened. I don't but, know if he made a tackle or he was he was nondescript in his time on the field. He didn't make Which a tackle. Which was short. Shocked, yeah, and he was but, nondescript with his time with the Chiefs as well. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. It was a little uh, bit longer than his than his time on the field this weekend. That breakup needed to happen, by the way, like for both sides. Oh um, yeah, Steve Nelson and Chiefs, but he would make them better. He would make that cornerback group better. Are you trying to take my answer now, too? Sam? Is that your answer? Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm making your argument <laughs> no, for no, you No, no, keep then. going, You're keep welcome. going. I didn't really have anything like else he, to say after that. I do. I, I, think, um, I think he, as much as anyone, was sort of exposed by the scheme and the lack of coverage by the safeties, mm-hmm. um, as much as anyone. Uh, he, he was left on a Nelson Island um, quite a bit, and a lot of the catches, you know, he had some Charverius Ward in him where he had good coverage mm-hmm. and they made the catch anyway. You know, I'm, I'm thinking, and but there were plays, multiple plays that, that that I can see right now in my head where safety's got to get there. 
you know, and the safety should have been there. But it's right. Ron Parker, and he's limited physically. He's not fast enough to get there. The scheme is confusing for everybody. Like I just, in a better scheme, I think Steven Nelson, not a star, but an above-average NFL cornerback. And I think he'd be good, too, opposite Bashad Breland rather than opposite Orlando Skandrick. I just think that yeah. having a, a better corner on the other side would make him better. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to see how he would fit into Spagnuolo's scheme. I, I'm, I'm rolling with Charvarius Ward here. Yeah, I, I just... Um, I, you keep Steven Nelson. Keep, <laughs> keep him. Um, I, I, I just remember the regular season game in Pittsburgh last year, second game, second week of the season. Chiefs go up 21 nothing in the first quarter. It's just mind-boggling what's going on in that game. And then they have a, remember they had the safety. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it Chris Jones that got Roethlisberger in the end zone? I think so. And, and picture of the celebration indicating yes. it was him. <laughs> and, or no, it was a fumble recovery. It would have been a twenty. Would have been twenty-eight to nothing early in the second yes. quarter. Yes. Except uh, Steven Nelson. Uh, Called for pass interference on the play, wiped that's it out. Right. Steelers go down and score, and the next thing you know, it's twenty-one all at halftime. And so. that's when the Steelers knew they'd found their man for the next year. <laughs> they said, "You know, this is a guy we want on our team. He's already helping us out." <laughs> that's, right. that's exactly right. You know, my takeaway from these last comments, I feel like I need to bring this up. Sam saying he can see multiple plays in his head. It's sort of Mahomes-like. Oh, don't go there. <laughs> right, right. You, you got a photographic memory we don't yeah. know about. No, it's an endemic. What, what, what was the term? Oh, the, the geospatial the, magic box? No. Well, you were saying it's not a photographic <laughs> memory. It's like an. Oh an yeah, there's a word that Blair. You can look that up when you look up the, the Jeff Allen candy yeah. thing. I'm I'm still um, on uh, movies of the '80s. There's a. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a word that's like what you're saying. Yeah. That stands for photographic memory, but it's not quite the same. Yeah. But the real question is, do you have it? No, I can promise you that. And the 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 lost keys that I have at my house would would attest to that as well. Yeah, we've all been. <laughs> if there. I had a photographic memory, eidetic, eidetic, eidetic. Look, look at that. It's right there. Thank we you. got, we got an assist <laughs> from that. I can't see that. But well, eidetic. we can't yeah. help. I don't have any glasses for you. Okay. I'm sorry. So with that, let's start looking toward next week's game, or the game that's going to happen in actually not that many days. Four days. Four days. Is that right? Yeah, it's happening soon. We'll be there on Saturday. The Chiefs play the 49ers at Arrowhead. And to segue into that, let's look at when the rubber meets the road, brought to you by Big O Tires. The question is, who does this game matter to most? We've seen the last couple weeks, there have been some standout players. We've seen McCole Hardman and Darwin Thompson really make a name for themselves. Who does this game matter to most? Is it the fans? Is there a, is there a specific player? Well, really? we, you know, we've gone into the, each of the first two preseason games talking about position battles and where we think they are. And sadly enough, two of those position battles have kind of been settled because of injuries that happened in Pittsburgh. You know, the wide receiver with, um, with um, Marcus, you know, Marcus Kemp. Kemp going down for the season and tight end uh, with, with Deion Yelder having the ankle injury. At least I, I don't think we have a, a timetable for his return, no. uh, but it's you know, bad enough. He was in a walking boot after the game. In we crutches. Saw him, in crutches yeah. after the lock in, in the locker room. We saw him. Uh, that it's going to be long enough that Blake Bell's going to end up being the number two tight end. So, and I, then who's the three? Well, I don't because uh, Lovett's in a, in a sling on right. his shoulder. Kaiser, Yelder's I mean, in a a boot. Is, is it step a, right up, Nick Kaiser? I yeah, guess Kaiser, perhaps, who's had some nice moments mm-hmm. uh, in, in the preseason. But that's something to pay, I guess, to pay attention to now. You mentioned the fans. I, I, I'm very curious to see what uh, the reaction would be if the starters played as little as they have played in each of the first two games. So one series in the opener, two series in the 
in the in the second I game. I mean, there would be a riot in the press box. So <laughs> I can only imagine what it would be like in the in the stands. Well, and Andy Reid's philosophy has always been to play the play the starters through the what, at least through the first half. Give him like a series than... in the. He, he he likes the idea of them coming out of like going into the locker room, right. preparing to play again. So he's typically been a series in the second half. Now he has vastly overstated in, in each of the first two games. He's vastly overstated <laughs> how long yes. those guys are going to play. But it, at least in my memory, what they did in week one, week one, preseason game one, is, is similar if not identical to what they've done in years past. What they did in the second preseason game is similar if not identical to what they've done in years past. I don't. He seemed to overstate it this year in a way that he didn't in the past. But I think the third preseason game, he has done that. He has let guys play into the second half. Now that is very different than the trend, you know, across the league where some guy, a lot of guys just don't even suit up, especially quarterbacks. Time out. We've got some news. Uh, as we're doing this, the Chiefs are practicing, and I kid you not, DeAnthony Thomas just signed with the Chiefs and arrived in the middle of practice. Uh, DeAnthony Thomas would be yeah. my answer to the question. That they Man! <laughs> like, that's a, real, that's a real thing. That just happened. Um, huh. Davon Grayson has been waived. So, well, anybody your, else want to revise their answer for depth down the down the chart? Well, well your, he was a good special teams guy. He, he was. He was good. Yeah. And look, he's he's been with the Chiefs for quite a long time, four or five years, right? Yeah. And, uh, broke his he what, broke his leg in the was it the playoff game or Denver game two years Denver ago? Game, yeah, Denver. Denver game, and then re-injured it last year. Also had an arrest for marijuana in the off season was pulled over but it would appear that's been resolved but doesn't that uh, just feed the narrative of chiefs it really you know, i mean we couldn't have timed that better and yeah. i'm gonna learn to take my phone off do not disturb while we do these things uh <laughs> good thing i checked but it yeah. makes your question quite uh, yeah. seem quite alert doesn't it maybe i know um, like the chiefs had a desperate need for a short, Undersi- really fast, undersized speed, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, there's definitely not <laughs> enough speed yeah, no, So that's that's good to see. Can't have enough of that. No. Where I I just saw someone else's tweet. Who's there? Said DeAnthony Thomas just showed up at practice. He just returned to kickoff to the celebration of his teammates. So he Aww. like I like what else has he been doing? I guess he's in shape. I guess Stay so. That's not, one way to make not, a statement. Not signing with someone else. You know, being How ready for that? to be a chief. They've had a door. I mean, I think that speaks in some ways to, um, I'm trying not to use the word culture, but to what the Chiefs have built here, that these guys do sign back. And want want to be back here, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think like Sharkandrick West, it seemed like he was just waiting. You know, he was just uh, on his couch, like not literally on his, I'm sure he's staying in shape, but like staying at home, waiting for the Chiefs to have a need so he could sign back last year. I mean, it's a positive and look, for people like <laughs> that have been around the team that remember, you know, 2012 and, and before, like this is this doesn't always happen. Um, you know, there's some guys that can't wait to get out uh, or some some teams where guys can't wait to get out. And this is this is a very different thing than it used to be. So you wonder what the conversations like with Brett Veach after when they wave somebody, you know, it's like. Yeah. Hang tight. Yeah. Hang, hang Don't tight. change your number. That's right. That's right. That's right. Don't, you know, uh, I mean, what's the conversation like with poor Davon Grayson? Did they literally pull him off the field and say, see you later, and call DeAnthony Thomas, who was sitting in the parking lot, switch jerseys, and run out on the field? 
How did that? Byron Pringle's thirteen now. So who's D'Anthony? What number is D'Anthony Thomas going to get? I don't know if there'll be some ritualistic yeah. exchange of jersey numbers. I I don't know. These, <laughs> these things happen, right? We you pay somebody for the jersey, and yeah. Does yeah. D'Anthony Thomas and have money to pay Byron Pringle for a jersey? What they give him. I was going to say he, doesn't, that's his he may have money. He doesn't have stature, but yeah. getting his old. Well, I guess that's sort of the true. problem with that, right? Uh, although thirteen, you can see why it's a coveted number. Do you know there's a word for fear? The number thirteen, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you know what it is? Yes, or are we it's, gonna... it's triskaidekaphobia. Yeah, so you do that, but not edetic. Right. Okay. Correct. <laughs> I got. I got to flash what I got. <laughs> Just flex your knowledge. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, Can we talk about something else. I know. Oh no. <laughs> what do you know about D Ford? Let's chat about him for a minute because he will be back here on Saturday. We don't know if he's um, going to play. He's had knee tendonitis just to, uh, for a bit. If you don't mind going back to one one yeah, thing that you were, we never got to here. conclude. Pardon? No, what? <laughs> where the rubber meets the road, answer your question. Yeah, I want to go back to where oh, the rubber meets you. the road, because okay. that's our thing. Um, the de- I, I do want to see the defense have more time totally. out there. I mean, yeah, offense can use some time for timing, but I do think this, this whole communication thing with defense and some sense of flow in real games and real tackling, all that, I think that's pretty actually imperative in this game for them. I, I think... It really is the dress rehearsal. Andy will use that term a couple of times this week. It really is. It's because they're not going to play those guys in the last preseason game. They just don't. So this will be the real tune-up for the real game. I went back and looked to see how the uh, the, the starters were used in, in preseason game three last year. Do you guys remember where preseason game three was? Chicago. Uh, noon game in Chicago. And... Off, uh, so Chase Daniel played for the for the Bears mm-hmm. uh, in, in that game with That's the right. starters, and they actually led twenty one to ten at halftime. The Bears starters over the Chiefs starters, and uh, Mahomes touchdown drive, field goal drive, and then three straight punts, and then the defense was really kind of shaky throughout the whole first half. And I just remember leaving that game thinking. Ooh, you know, ooh. the mm-hmm. starters played the most that they're going to play in the preseason, and this is what they, this is what they showed us. And you know, obviously, Andy Reid shows nothing, nothing at all. But it's different this year with a new coordinator, new coaches, new defensive personnel. I agree with you, Vahe. I, I think there needs to just be a little bit more. And, and look, the the starters played well in the two series against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. On uh, they didn't against the Bengals the previous week, but then they had Clark and Okafor back. And, right. So uh, I, I would like to see just um, I, I want to see the performance. Would you like to see more than three snaps from Tyron Matthew? <laughs> that's right. That's his that's his preseason total. <laughs> it is no four. Four is the total because he played one week one. Oh, and three. And then three last week before he bumped bumped his shoulder. You know that Bears game. What I remember about that was the the best defensive play of the game yeah. was Orlando Scandrick totally. Being defensive after afterwards about how scorched he was, he was, he was in <laughs> sunglasses and a t-shirt in the locker room. He was really <laughs> kind of edgy. I, I thought what I remember about the game was Tano passing, yeah. sacking, I was say that. oh yeah, sacking Chase Daniel and, and having and it ru- have a roughing the passer, and that and, was his best play and, all season. And the thought that that gave him a little chilling effect all season, right? Yeah. I mean, and there I was re- some thought of that. I also remember that that penalty in. Infuriated Justin Houston. Was it you or Bobby pulled me over when we were, they were like, all right, we're going to go talk to Justin Houston, get your camera out. I said, okay. Yeah. And that was the most, I think those were the most words and the most personality I saw to Justin Houston in a locker He was room always good on years. other people, living, right? Yeah. On other yeah. people's yeah, problems or situations. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. I talked to yeah. Chase Daniel after the game and he just basically just went, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like an Eric Bianami laugh. Right, or... right. <laughs> now, 
It wasn't as bad as the Chris Jones, uh, what was the, uh, didn't he get the rough in the passer on Brady in the AFC Championship game, the Phantom rough in the passer oh, that kept alive right, right, right. Patriots drive, mm-hmm. but uh, that, that one was pretty bad. Or the forward progress calls from uh, the season before. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. The worst ever. Let's play the hits, guys. Ever. <laughs> I know, sorry. Yes. We're, we're purge, by bringing them up, we're purging them. Yeah. By the way, your, your latest Anthony Thomas update, uh, he just caught a pass with the starting offense, just caught a pass from Patrick Mahomes. So not only did he show up, return uh, kickoff, now he's in with the ones. Again, in the middle of practice. It's insane. Same. Sam, do you have anybody that this game matters for? Did I already ask you? I'm going to echo a little bit, but I, I do think that there's, you know, preseason disclaimers are, are relevant and, and should be at least referenced. But the defense, I think, can get something out of this in a way that units can't always get something out of preseason games. Um, I, I do think that, look, I mean, the, the coaching staff is entirely new. Um, the scheme is entirely new. A lot of the players are new, and even the ones that are, that are holdovers that were here last year, a lot of the roster, a lot of their teammates are new to them. This is a completely new experience for everybody, and they really haven't had themselves together, you know? And I'm not that worried about the production of, of whether, you know, they can hold the 49ers or whatever, but I, I just think that it's good to get those reps. And because even if they're mistakes, you can learn from those mistakes. But if you're not on the field, you don't have that film to learn from. Mm-hmm. So I, I do yeah. think that there's value in just them being on the field. And it's I not really just do. it's just a, players like Clark and, and Passanio and Taran Matthew. You got guys, veteran guys in new positions. You got you got yeah. not, not Passanio, um, uh, uh, Honey Badger. Passanio is playing inside yeah. sometimes. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. The linebackers are having to learn, not, yeah. relearn kind of where they're, yeah. they're positioned and what the responsibilities are. Yeah. And yeah, yes, they got three weeks of St. Joe to to help with that and. Um, and a handful of plays in two preseason games. Uh, that's, I, I think, if you're going to look for something Saturday night, it's watch the Chiefs linebackers, see how, see how they perform, and, uh, and, and the defense overall. Yeah, absolutely. And now let's, uh, now let's chat about D Ford. We're going we're gonna to end up this before we take a few questions. 5-5 five, <laughs> five will be here. He hasn't played in the preseason with the 49ers, dealing with knee tendinitis. What will his reception be? At Arrowhead, will a oh, will he man. travel? If he does travel, we're we gonna replay the the false start or? I don't know. It's that's complicated. Um, I feel like he had been a little bit of a punching bag. That's too strong of a term, but he had been, you know, kind of a guy that fans were critical of. First round pick hadn't really performed for the first two years, I believe, and then had a year where he performed, then got hurt. And then the year where he, um, uh, you know, led the team in sacks, right? Not led the team. Um, Chris Jones led the team, but um, had 13. Career right? high. Career high, 13 yep. sacks. And he was a really likable, and I, you know, I don't know if this is because we're in the locker room and you can talk to him a little bit. Really likable guy. Totally. Like, really likable, you know, smart, thoughtful, all those things. But, gosh, that, that false start, I mean, that's I, I feel like that's what people – that's just the the short version of his career. Hurt, productive, false start. And I don't know that you want to put him on the video board the way that, you know, Tony Gonzalez was done when, when, you know, when the Falcons played Arrowhead. What is weird also is to picture if he had stayed here, I mean, which he could have, mm-hmm. right? How how that would be playing out now. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I don't know the answer to that. It's sort of complicated, yeah. as you said. But I mean, it would it, it would be a little weird for him, I think, to be a chief still, though. 
Yeah, I I've read interviews. I've read interviews that he's done as a 49er, and he's answered all the questions. Mm -hmm. He's apparently embraced all the interview opportunities yeah. to talk about it. Um, reminded by none other than Patrick Mahomes in an interview last week or two weeks ago, whenever we talked to him, that even after the false start, the Chiefs still went down and tied the game, yep. sent mm -hmm. it to overtime. You know that mm -hmm. the false start didn't end the game for the Chiefs. Sure, could could have. You know the Patriots have kept the scoring drive alive, but the but the Chiefs had a miraculous drive to mm -hmm. tie the game. And because they lost the coin flip, they lost the game. Yeah. Um, and the defense was just just worn out. Couldn't yeah. stop a third down on the on the overtime drive. So, but you're it, it is a good question about the about how we'll be received because it's he really is the easy target for the loss of that game. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know he just is and this generation's Lynn Elliott. Yes, or you know, Bill Buckner in Boston and yep. D. Ford and you know in Kansas City when yeah. it comes to just gaffes that, that cost you the game. And like Bill Buckner. The Red Sox had another had Game Seven. That's right. You know, could have won the game. Right. The it's also day. the same thing. I, you know, after a long time in St. Louis, I always tell St. Louis fans that you know, Cardinals were free to keep playing after Don Denkinger's call, <laughs> and yep. they, they did have another game. Yeah. I mean, it. it so, yeah. I, I. But it. But it is. To your, you phrased it really well. It's the one you fixate on. It really isn't the it's answer. The easy one. It's, not, it's the easy one. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, so since we are not live right now, we can't take your questions in the comments and answer them in this format. So we do have a special guest here. Jack is a little off camera, and I'm sure he's been thinking of some questions to ask us. So what do you got, Jack? <laughs> so Jack asked Jack is thinking of us. I appreciate that. He, in case you couldn't hear it on our mics, he said, can we talk more about the new pass interference rule and how that will impact our deadlines? Which is a great question, because how many, I mean, so there's at least one review of that on Saturday. Good, there were a lot of reviews on Saturday and timeouts and things that just prolonged a game that shouldn't have been prolonged. Any thoughts on pass interference? Well, look, we're all about us. <laughs> so whatever it is that can expedite the process, we're looking for, and but we'll also roll with whatever whatever comes. Right, that's what we do. All we right, roll. Andy Reed. Yeah, it doesn't help. Time's ours. It, it doesn't. <laughs> well, is it though? <laughs> it's, it's right, right. We have to treat it as such. <laughs> um, it's going to be a pain in the butt. It just is um, because because officials missed a call in the NFC Championship game. Yeah. We're all going to suffer, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and, uh, and we saw it in the in the Bengals game. Right, it was the end of the first half mm -hmm. where they. We saw it Saturday night in Pittsburgh, where the yeah. um, uh, no flag, but the officials decided to check a pass interference. Took about I don't know five minutes, seemed like it wasn't five that long. Five minutes too but, long. Uh, and then decided play stood. You know, no 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 flag. Uh, come on. Part part of also I though I think what Jack's thinking about really too is like the fan experience. Really, I think these games really do get sort of diluted with these things, yeah. and it and it breaks up the flow. And I just think it I think it does get in the way of the enjoyability of a game. And it's just. When you do that replay, if you have seven different replay officials, four of them may see it, three of them may say no. You know, so it's it's right. it's objective on subjective on a couple different levels. It's just they got to have a better solution than this. And they don't need to be doing nothing. Needs to be happening in the NFL or really any sporting event that makes the the experience less entertaining to the fan mm -hmm. who already yeah. has to deal with. Uh, we we can talk for chapter and verse about ticket prices, lines at the concession stand and restroom, yep. um, parking prices. It's mm -hmm. really difficult for fans, I think. And, and I, that will suck the momentum out by giving you a review for 
three yep. to five minutes. Th that you don't see on the big screen. You know, you're not right. seeing all the angles on, on, on the big screen. So, and look, it is tough, right? I mean, because the integrity of the game is part of this, the reason they're doing that's this. Right. And, no, that's and right. You, you can't have right. what happened last year just go on, but sometimes there's an overcompensation. The pendulum swings no. too far away. And just make the officials make, better. Right. Be better. Just be better. That's also a solution. Throw the flag. You know? I, yeah. I just <laughs> throw the flag. Sure, I do think there's a difference. a lot of heartache. I do think there's That's a difference true. between like things that are just black and white. Like, did the ball cross the plane? Did he step out of bounds? Yeah. I think like that for review makes some sense to me. But this is just, again, you got seven... It may be four to three. It may be five to two, and it just—it's a roll of the dice on on which replay official you get. Mm -hmm. Jack, what else you got? Uh, That's a good question. So Jack's question: Colin Saunders hasn't done much of anything. At what point do we get concerned that he's going to be like Passanio as an early draft pick who can't seem to get on the field? Well, like Passanio, he didn't come from an SEC or an ACC school. He came from, you know, Western Illinois and passing, you know, of course, in Villanova, where he didn't see week in, week out the, the type of uh, athlete that players who come from Power 5 schools see. And I, I just think there's a there's just going to have to be a little more patience with him than with, uh, you know, with ACC guys, SEC guys, that level, Big 12. Um, and, we're, and we're seeing that. He was running with the third team. Uh, he didn't get in the game until the second half on. I think this is right until second half on Saturday. So he's um, you know he's down on the depth chart. But they, certainly they accounted for that in in. I mean they they understood. There's a little not projects too strong a word, but they they understood that, that this was not an instant. Right, right. Game. He wasn't coming was, in to start. Yeah, I mean that is a position where they've got depth. They've got other guys that yeah. can play. I I'm not concerned. I don't think I would use that. I, there's a lot to like athletically about him. Yeah, you know, have you seen the backflips? Quick feet and, you know, he's just got some agility that you don't usually see in guys that size. And and I do think that that jump is a big ask. You know, I mean, we over and over and over again, I know it's a completely different deal, but, you know, Eric Fisher's jump from Central Michigan to the NFL, that's a thing that that, that we all talked about. That was the MAC. The MAC is, you know, a, a much better competition than um, than Western Illinois. So, it makes sense to me that it's going to take a little bit, but gosh, if you see some of the highlights and some of the things he can do with his feet and his hands, and there's a chance he's going to be a really, really good player. All right, let's go one more question. You got um, anything? Oh, yeah. We can talk about Brendan Daly, uh, the new defensive line coach brought in from New England, and he has been, I mean, just full of fire. Every time we've seen him, uh, I've done radio a couple times, which – at St. Joe, the radio tent is right next to where they do the defensive line drills. I think, Sam, you've been down there, too. It is He is loud. He is in guys' faces. He takes off his ball cap, and he flips it around, and he gets in the drills. What kind of an impact have we seen so far on, on what this guy can do? Well, once you've taken that ball cap and flipped it around. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's business. <laughs> serious Say stuff. no more. <laughs> do no more. Just, just that. You know, I'm encouraged by what the potential of this defensive line. Keep in mind, they led the NFL in sacks last year, so they had you know, they were pretty good there in that regard. But stopping the run, not so much. Um, I, I, I think the four three fits the Chiefs personnel better than the three four did, and you, I don't think you can go wrong bringing a Patriots assistant coach in to be an assistant coach uh, on a team. It just it just opens, I, I think, a um, uh, just a, a different approach, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, and uh, and we have seen 
except for you know the first drive against the Bengals again. That was first game with the first you know first time in 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 action with the defense and, and the new personnel. But it was better against Pittsburgh, and I suspect it'll be even a little bit better against San Francisco. Not as good a team uh, as the Steelers, so uh, encouraging. I like what they you know among you know we, we've talked about uh, Okafor and Clark and uh, Agba is part of that rotation too. Chris Jones in the middle. Uh, Xavier Williams, Derek Nadi. Uh, I, I just think there's some talent there and stuff that stuff that Daly can work with. Uh, that again, defense work in progress. I think it's going to be bad early by midseason. I, I think they'll be where they think it should be. Anybody has any Go other sign. thoughts? All right, cool. Well, on that note, we're going to wrap up here. Uh, we'll be back post game uh, from Arrowhead. And we will take questions there. We will break down what happened in the third preseason game. Hopefully we see more than three snaps from Tyron Matthew or two series from Patrick Mahomes. And hopefully we'll be more coherent than we were in Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, so until then, I'm Brooke Pryor. That's Blair Kirkhoff, Vahir Gregorian, Sam Mellinger. We'll see you guys later. <laughs>